Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD, Sergeant from Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And with me tonight is straight out of Brooklyn, retired NYPD detective, Phil Grimaldi. How you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? I'm doing well. And look who we have. We have a superstar. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the talking head of all talking heads on all the TV stations. No autographs. No autographs. Uh, <laughs> retired retired <laughs> NYPD Lieutenant Dr. Darren Porcher. Darren, great to see you, brother. Um, it's great to see you guys. You know, yourself and Phil, uh, I think that you guys do a tremendous job in getting out not just the information, but the right information. When we look at what's happening, the catastrophe that's overtaking our society in connection with this progressive movement that is regressive, as I refer to it as, but it's just, it doesn't care about the victims. It cares more about the perpetrators. And at what point do we put a moratorium on this and move forth the agenda of the public safety sentiment for us as New Yorkers, as opposed to opening the coffers and letting all the criminals run free. And if you let, if you, if you take um, a lot of these politicians, such as Jamani Williams, for example, if they had their way, we would open up Rikers Island and we would, we, we create a resort there, a resort parasite, a par resort paradise. And all <laughs> these criminals would run wild throughout the city of New York, pushing people on subway tracks, stick ups. We'll go back to the early eighties all over again. You know, Darren, that's why I love you, man. I couldn't have said it better than that. That's, yes, uh, I agree. You know, I want to just, you know, I, I, I'm rooting. I am rooting for Eric Adams. But to tell you the truth, I don't have a lot of faith in him because I think he's very, very political. He was definitely not a warrior when he was on the NYPD. You know, he was a he was an activist and he talks a good story. But I, as I said, I'm rooting for him till he shows me otherwise. Uh, I'm rooting for the man, and I want to play a little bit of what he had to say uh, just the other day. He's talking about his new gun violence program, and let's see what let's see what he has to say here, and then we'll, we're going to comment on it. Violence call. The suspect had a 45 caliber in his hand and a loaded assault rifle under his mattress. NYPD officer Jason Rivera was killed in the line of duty that Friday night, doing what he swore an oath to do, protect the people of this city. We pray for him, his family, as well as for his partner, Officer Wilbert Mora, who remains in the hospital. But my fellow New Yorkers, we are going to do a lot more than pray. We're going to turn our pain into purpose. We're going to unite and take action. New Yorkers feel as if a sea of violence is engulfing our city. But as your mayor, I promise you, I will not let this happen. We will not surrender our city to the violent few. We're going to go back and we won't go back to the bad old days. We're going to get trigger pullers off the streets and guns out of their hands. I was a transit officer when we began to drive down crime in the 1990s. I'm no stranger, stranger to this subject. I understand this from the inside and the outside. I know how to do this. New York has done it before. Statistically, New York City is still, still the safest big city in America. But we're not going to be satisfied with statistics. This isn't about other cities. This is about New York City. Since the day I began running for the office of mayor, I knew that public safety was going to be our top priority. As I have repeatedly said, safety and justice are prerequisites for prosperity. This is why since the moment I declared my candidacy, our team has been working on this public safety plan and why we are sharing it with you now. Today, we are releasing our blueprint to end gun violence. I want to be clear, this is not just a plan for the future. It is a plan for right now. Gun violence is a public health crisis. There's no time to wait. We must act. The sea of violence comes from many rivers. We must dam every river that feeds this greater crisis. Our blueprint to end gun violence 
addresses each one of these causes with both immediate interventions and long-term prevention strategies. It would involve the NYPD, every city agency, our courts, and the successful anti-violence crisis management system. We're going to involve every community, every precinct, and our state and federal partners. New Yorkers will see and feel these changes quickly. We will ramp up enforcement, deploy more officers on the streets and in the subways, and get our courts at full capacity. And we will invest in those longer-term preventions as well, fixing our broken schools, supporting our unhappy. All right, you get the point. Uh, I, I mean, I don't see one of the problems I have with this whole thing is that everyone, and we had Chief Lewis Anamone on the other night, and for this to work, you need all three areas of the criminal justice system. You teach criminal justice, the police, corrections, and courts. They all have to be on the same page. And guess what? They're not. And I don't see it happening that they're going to get on the same page. We have a district attorney who infuriated the entire populace with a 10-page memo to his staff talking about he didn't want to prosecute the great crimes. Alvin Bragg. Yes, the great Alvin Bragg. They're the not great so great. Alvin they're Bragg. not so great. You know, when 23% of the... When 23% of the electorate votes for someone, that is nowhere near a mandate. So don't, don't get carried away with 23% of the electorate voted for you. There's still a huge portion of the electorate that disagree with your policies. The other thing which I'm going to touch on, and we're getting political here uh, purposely, is Governor Hockle. She has no intention of reversing bail reform. She was just called on it the other day. So how are we going to bring down crime when we have horrendous policies put in place by the previous administration. Cuomo, let's give let's give Cuomo and his and his brother Fredo uh, some uh <laughs> some credit here too because Cuomo couldn't release cop killers quick enough, you know, and, and he bail reform, he signed it. He signed it. So Hockle is just continuing the failed policies of that. We have a New York City council that is an anti-police New York City Whoa. council. They're woke. They're, everyone's woke. <laughs> everyone's woke. Sure, uh, and, you know, something, I don't have a lot of faith in this. And not only that, um, Adams is just dipping his toe in the water because he's not brave enough to put anti-crime back the way they used to be. He wants them to wear a part of their uniform and to have body one video on. So how are you taking a big risk? Put And he's not even calling them anti-crime. They're called community safety teams. Na yeah, neighborhood I, well, safety teams, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I just think that now is your best opportunity as an incoming elected official to take the greatest risk. Now, understand, under the de Blasio administration, there's no other direction to go but up. And so one of the things I will commend Eric Adams on is he's speaking to the testament of advancing the agenda of public safety as opposed to the de Blasio administration that made it appear as if it was clearly a facade in relation to the escalation in crime. I believe Eric Adams is taking the steps to, um, to afford us a greater level of public safety. However, there are many aspects of this plan that I, I, I challenge. The first part of it is you made mention to the plainclothes uh, component. The plainclothes component in policing is a germane piece in how we can reduce or experience precipitous drops in crime. When you look at police departments on a national level, you will always see plainclothes units that are part of these departments. Plainclothes officers are able to surreptitiously insert themselves into a population and interdict the crime before it occurs. I think that's something that we really need at this point in time. Eric Adams has only been in there three weeks. Um, so I, it's safe to say that I'm willing to give him time. And I'm hopeful that he can take us to a better place because he's a, a former practitioner in law enforcement. I think that there, as you mentioned earlier, Bill, there are different components that need to be aligned on the same track in connection with affording citizens a greater level of public safety. The courts, it's no secret we speak to what Alvin Bragg's strategy is in connection with not targeting the low-level offenses. It's clearly a catastrophic failure. I'm hopeful that 
he can sit down or come to the table and be willing to accept a level of adjustment because the speech or that memo was made prior to him taking the office and not having a genuine understanding of how the New York County District Attorney's Office works. Now, when you mentioned um, Governor Hochul, uh, she had the opportunity to put forth the agenda to received the bail reform and she didn't do it. And it just happened just recently. And Eric Adams did approach the state legislature because bail reform is something that came through Albany and and professed the uh, the eradication or receding this bail reform. And they told them not <clears throat> no, but fuck no. You know, that being said, it's clear that there, uh, there's a lot of their enemies in um, in Albany in connection with uh, our public safety here in New York, and there are enemies in the New York City Council because the New York City Council has gone through this progressive trajectory that goes far away from the victims and tends to align itself more so with the perpetrators of these violent crimes that plague our society. I think that it really needs to go through the art of persuasion and how you get the entities that are necessary to establish the, um, I want to say the schematic of how we can reduce crime. And it's just so unfortunate people are on different sides of the table. Absolutely. Phil, comments? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, that clip that you played of Eric Adams, he's walking the walk. I, I mean, he, he he's talking the talk, but I want to see him walk the walk. He knows how to do the things that need to be done. He said he was a transit cop. I was a transit cop in 1982 for one year. I know a little bit about the transit system. He knows about the transit system. There are things that could be done. All of the tools are right at his fingertips. And I think he knows what needs to be done, what has to be implemented. Chief Enamone, who was on the, the other night, we went through some things with him and he came up with a great point. We need to, we being the New York Sound City. twice a week. Well, well, beside that, no, but he, he said that we as the New York City Police Department need to enforce the laws. And if they if we have an, a district attorney like Bragg, and I'm not going to only call out Bragg. Bragg is the, the extreme radical in this whole situation. But the other DAs are following suit with not uh, uh, processing uh, crimes for jumping a turnstile, drinking in public, low-level marijuana crimes. So they're all on board, even though he's the one that we're, we're targeting based on that memo, that 10-page memo that he put out that he wants to drop a Rob one to a pettit larceny. He's the one that came out and said it, but they're all going to fall in line. So I think that as long as he can maintain and move forward and do the things that need to be done, like stop question and frisk, plainclothes police officers. Darren, you put the, uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said how officers who work in plainclothes throughout the country, they interdict crime either right before it happens or as it just happened because they're blending in with the community in plain clothes. Uh, a lot of times the bad guys know who you are, but generally if there's a, a crowded street, they might not see you because you're blending in and you can be on top of something either as it's happening, about to happen, so on and so forth. And then we have the people that are carrying guns where these officers can do observations, start with a stop, question the person. If the level of suspicion raises up, they can now frisk that person person and take guns off the street, which has been done for many, many years. And many, many lives have been saved by those policies. We know what the numbers are by taking guns off the street. We don't know what the numbers are of the people that were saved by taking those guns off the street, but we have a pretty good idea of what areas of the city it affects. It affects the minority community. I really believe that like Billy said, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for Adams. He wasn't a ball of fire on the NYPD, but he knows what has to be done to turn back crime in this city. And, and we have to take it back. And I think that Adam Owen made a great point by saying, let us do the job. If they don't prosecute it, we'll shine the light on them, meaning the prosecutors and the politicians of the state and the city council. Joe Murray, thank you for for, for the four ninety nine super chat. He's the big, man. He's a big fan <laughs> great, of that. Of, the great <laughs> Joe Murray. I'm well, just saying, a, he, Joe he, Murray, I, attorney at law. Forgive me. I was going to read what he said about you, Darren. How in the world did you get the great Dr. Darren Porcher on your show? Wow. I love to hear him speak. <laughs> I have to agree because every word that's coming out of his mouth so far, I'm like, it's like he's thinking for me, I swear. He's, he's, he's had some gems. He's had some gems come out. You know, I want to play a little bit of um, Jumani. Before you go any further, sure. before you go any further, if you ever want to knock your boss out, 
hire Joe Murray as your attorney <laughs> to defend you because he can speak from experience. That's yes. right. Sorry, go ahead, Bill. I know the whole story. He was on our show. I, I want to play. I want to play a little bit uh, of Jamani Williams, who is no friend mm, of the police. Great. Let's face it. The great Jamani yeah. Williams. Yeah. He's he's never been a friend of the police, and let's let's hear, let's hear what he has to say. We appreciate having you here, and just, let's just get to it. The anti crime unit coming back, better trained, all equipped with body cameras to hold them even more accountable into the neighborhoods where most of this violence occurs. You don't agree with this? Help us understand why not this morning. One, I've been a leading voice on this issue for the past ten years. And if you go back, you see markets <laughs> on some of the areas where uh, uh, I love this guy. Ten years ago, put out a report. It took three mayors uh, to finally have a mayor. Although the last mayor did fund some of it, and want to give him his credit, but it took three mayors to finally agree on the holistic approach that should be structuralized to address nonviolence. And so there is a lot in that plan that there is alignment with. And so I want holistic approach. Well. Um, <laughs> I love this guy. Agree. Uh, when it comes to this unit, uh, I have some major concerns. And so we're trying to get answers to those concerns uh, about um, when, how that unit is going to be used. Uh, it has a different name. Uh, it has some different things changed, like uh, uni uh, uniforms that are identifiable. But we are worried about remnants of the past unit, where we've seen some of the worst behavior and worst uh, tragedies that occur. In addition, we are already getting a record number of guns off the streets, uh, but we need to focus on getting those cases moved through the courts. And so I'm trying to figure out what is it that will be provided by this unit. I want to ask you about the defund the police movement. It was just a major thing that a lot of people focused on the past couple of years. Uh, you were part. He was a big advocate of defund the police. Now he's he, absolutely. He, he was he was doing a tap absolutely. dance, saying he had nothing to do with it. But I just want to. Mentioned sure. something. I love that sure. word, hol holistic approach. What a bunch of bullshit that is. And these violence exactly interrupters, who are We're these people? Magic carpets into these communities that are under siege by crime. And we're going to have genes implement this holistic approach. And we're not going to use police. So and, he's and, right. And, and Darren, basically, for the if I had my way, if I had my way, Jamani Williams would be the police commissioner, and yeah, the yeah. whole city would go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. Go ahead, Bill. I you know, you know, Darren. The word holistic means they want to treat the whole person. Holistic, mm -hmm. you know, the the spiritual, the mental, the physical, the financial. They want to treat everything about the. If someone is yeah. caught with an illegal gun. They should holistically be put in a jail cell, and that's how we should treat them holistically. No, I disagree, Bill. I think you're totally wrong. I think if somebody's caught with a gun and they shoot six people, I think it requires a lecture. We should lecture that person and then send them back into the community because I believe that that lecture works. Don't you, Bill? Oh, no, yes. come on. This yeah. is how, you know what happens is it's unfortunate. What you, just, you displayed one elected official, but he being Jamani Williams is an amplification of that extreme left progressive movement that has allowed crime to re reach epic proportions. You don't just see it in New York. You see it happen in Los Angeles. You see it in Chicago. You see it in San Francisco. You see it with the district attorney Krasner out in Philadelphia. This is something that is causing our communities to come under siege, and it's just so unfortunate, but it's the black and brown community that experiences the greatest level of carnage based on these failed policies in connection with public safety. We really need somebody. Right now is the time for proactive enforcement. I'm okay with that police and community relationship. I'm sure that we can build bridges to get to a better place. But right now we're in a state of emergency. When you're in a state of emergency, it's balls to the walls. We need to drive the machine and get these numbers down in crime. After we get the numbers down, then we can have those conversations. Jamani Williams makes mention to the anti-crime unit being a problematic unit. And to Jamani Williams' defense, he absolutely knows nothing about crime reduction, nor has he ever been afforded a situation we implemented a crime reduction strategy. So give him credit for not being a practitioner in law enforcement and being wrong consistently from the sentiment of public safety. He echoes or amplifies the same sentiment all over the five boroughs. 
They elected him as the public advocate, but look at who the last public advocate was. That was the great Mayor Bill de Blasio. Yeah. And so it just is something about that office. And we, we, um, Tish James was also the public advocate. Right. So, you know, Darren, the, we the, had arro- a long the arrogance line of failures. Go ahead. But, Darren, the arrogance of uh, making decisions on topics that you know nothing about is to me the epitome of arrogance. I just want to read something that someone from Milwaukee just wrote. Milwaukee Civilian, thank you for the 19, 1999 Super Chat. Best cop podcast in America. Thank you, Bill, Mark, Phil, Angel, and all the other regulars. I can rarely listen live, but I've listened to every podcast since you first episode on my commutes in, in Wisconsin. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Milwaukee civilian. That's very, very mm-hmm. nice of you to say that. Well, champion, Milwaukee Bucks, home <laughs> of, uh, of that city. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I got to make a comment on this, Jamani Williams. When that reporter asked him, right? The great Jermani Yeah, the great, the great Jamani Williams that, that yeah. showed up on every. Uh, Incident that showed to be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, possibly uh, uh, questionable when there's a shooting in, in Crown Heights and stuff. He was always there, you know, looking to rebel rouse and start trouble. But w- when that reporter opened up and she said to him about, you don't agree with the anti-crime policies. Why? The reason he doesn't agree with it is because he doesn't care about the community. If he cared about the community, he would agree that. Anti-crime is taking guns off the street and it's saving lives. And I agree with you, Darren, that there needs to be proactive policing right now. I mean, every time I put on the news, there's another shooting. You see a guy running down the street with a gun, firing shots, hitting either his target or innocent civilians. They're not afraid to carry guns. The reason is we haven't had plainclothes police officers in a couple of years. We haven't had stop, question, and frisk. And now we have guys getting arrested carrying a gun four, five, and six times, no bail. So those are the, the problems. We know how to, uh, to to reverse it. We just have to implement. I'll say it again. Adams has all the tools right at his fingertips. If he doesn't let Washington Democrats pull his strings and if he, they allow him to do his job and let the police commissioner and the police department do their job, we will see things go in the other direction. We will see a reduction in crime with guns. And hopefully we can work on the, the home. I'm going to call them homeless, even though most of them are EDPs or drug people that have drug problems on the subways, throwing people in front of trains. We would then be able to focus on that issue and maybe stop all of this madness that's going on in New York City and across the country. I, you know, I tell you, Phil, you, you have some lightning bolts in connection with these points, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. And, you know, we're speaking, and I feel as if I'm speaking to the choir, whether I'm speaking to Bill, yourself, or the audience, there are people that are aligned with our premise of public safety. Um, when you look at how, and I want to go back to the death of George Floyd. It seemed as if we had this tidal wave of this overwhelming progressive wing in the Democratic Party that was commissioned by Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Omar out of um, the, state, the state of Minnesota. And it drove this narrative of defund police, de-police in some instances, and just separating public safety from the public that they're tasked to protect. And you clearly saw that it was was a catastrophic failure. So if you read the tea leaves in connection with defunding the police, where it came from, it's that progressive movement. So Phil, you speak to politicians such as, it could be Jamani Williams, it can be uh, just, and I'm speaking on a localized level, it can be Bill de Blasio, the, uh, the, the contingent of lunatics that proclaim to be um, people that represent the citizens or the constituents of the city of New York. They're doing this solely based on the people that are going to vote for them, not for what's right. And it's just so unfortunate that Big Ron, what's going on, man? <laughs> Duty Ron, thank you for the $10. Mates. He's giving me ten dollars yeah. just because Darren's going, on the show. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He, he's really breaking the bank there, right? So, um, but yeah, Brian and I were classmates. We actually came on back in '91. But just going back to what I was saying, um, you just have this progressive wing of the Democratic Party that's just totally destroying the national um, landscape of public safety. And then, you know, Phil, you bringing up some valid points. Bill, you bring up some valid points. But just going back to the Eric Adams component. 
he has to come in with, with totally driving the gas in the machine. And now is the time where you can take risks because the first year of your incumbency, if you if you're successful, people will ride your success. But right. if you have failures in your first year, three years later, people are going to forget about everything that you did in the first year. So you're test driving the Maserati at this stage. So if you have the chance for a free play, just think about it this way. In an NFL game, the referee blows the whistle, the quarterback drops back. He knows that the, the play is a free play. If he throws a touchdown, they score. If the receiver drops the ball, no big thing. We get a do-over. You get a do-over based on what happens in your first year of your incumbency. Drive it all the way because they're going to forget about it three years from now. But if you're, if you're successful, you can ride that wave all the way to the, the last of the four years, and I can guarantee you get reelected. So public safety point. needs to be at the helm. Darren, I, I got to ask you something because I know you got to dip out pretty soon. One of the ways that we measure success, and you're an academic besides being a, a police, a, a, a former police boss, we measure success by statistics. And I want to see where are the statistics that diversion, which is a criminal justice philosophy, that that works. Where are the statistics to show that violence interrupters work? We had 30 years, we had 30 years of ComStat. We could show that crime in the seven major crimes went down 70% over those 30 years. And thousands more people are alive today than they would have been if, if, we, if 1990 stands is when we had 2,200 murders. We can talk about, we get hundreds of thousands of robberies a year, burglaries, and crime was out of control. But we can show statistics how in, in 30 years we brought down crime 70%. Show me the stats where violence interrupters, other than that they're getting a check from the government, so some gangbanger who has no qualifications. The other day, I saw Sharpton's daughter in front of the 3-2 with the National a Action Network. If that's not Shakedown Action Network, I bet you they're getting checks too. Did he pay his taxes yet? And, and, and is that part of this, you know, is that part of the this plan, the the holistic plan that Giovanni Williams plan. talks about? Well, when it's you a look scam. At, it's a scam. It really is. When you look at crime reduction, I, I, I want to say it, it bifurcates in two different directions. You have the quantitative and the qualitative piece. The quantitative piece is where we have the statistics in ComStat. We have the 28-day review. Um, we have the one-year reviews. And you'll see, based on the seven major felonies, if we had a reduction or an increase in crime. The qualitative piece is something that can still be quantitated because let's say, let's say hypothetically, these violence interrupters were amazing at their job. They were doing resounding things in these communities. You'll now see that reflect on the quantitative statistics. So although um, you won't be able to quantitate what that violence interrupter is doing, the quantitative statistics will show the reduction in crime. If what they're doing is not working, you will not see a reduction in crime. So when we think, when we speak to the holistic approach, the violence interrupters, in no way, shape or form have we seen a reduction in crime. So that being said, it's not working and we need to move on to something else. Understand, just think about it from the perspective of being a financial planner. If you invest with your, if you invest your money with the same guy year after year, that money never gains. You never gain an increase on your money. You're going to go to someone else. This this should be no different in connection with how we absorb these violence interrupters or this holistic approach. If you see the shit is not working, it's okay to move on and do something else. Right. But don't waste your time, energy, and money in focusing on a failed policy. And that's what I see is occurring in connection with the violence you, you interrupters know, Darren, or I, the I holistic just... approach. I just want to repeat to the people in the chat too. I, I'm rooting for uh, uh, Mayor Adams. I am rooting for him. Bill, I really all three of us. I'm rooting for him. So was Phil. I so just know some of, of these policies. Are in are, rooting for this guy. Right, but some of these policies, he's going to have to get them to do something about. When he mentioned, let's make 
jumping the turnstile uh, a misdemeanor again. Oh, they oh you you what are you crazy? We made the, you know what I mean? Those are the tools. They took the tools away from the police to do their right. job. And he even said that that you took all these tools and you're expecting good results. You took the tools away. And not only did you you're not going to get the results, but you made it more dangerous to be a police officer too. I can make just dangerous point. to be a cop, but dangerous to be a civilian. Go ahead, yes. Bro. I just want to make a point about statistics because we're on statistics. Um, back in, I guess it was around 93. That's when they into, uh, instituted the broken windows policy. So me being in the squad, I had been in the squad since 1989. And the general trend was to refer uh, open complaints to court rather than make arrests. They flipped that and they wanted you to make an arrest on a simple assault or, you know, a violation or protection, whatever it was. If it was nonviolent, they would prefer you refer, uh, referred the case to court previously. Then they flipped and they wanted uh, an arrest. And we started making arrests on those calls. We started with the smaller things that led into the bigger things. And that's how the crime reduction began. So, the point is this, we, we, we do have statistics that show, you know, like Billy was saying, show me the st statistics that say that these, these policies work. We don't see them. We, they don't have them, but we have statistics that show where's the beef? policy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where's the beef? exactly. Yeah. We have the statistics that yeah. show where broken windows policies will reduce crime. And we have the statistics that show anti-crime doing stop question and frisk does take more guns off the street. So why would we try to do something different with violence interrupters or decarceration when we know it works? We have the answers. It's right here in front of us. We just have to implement. Because we had lunatic, loudmouth progressives that were at the forefront that were gaining exposure from people like Bill de Blasio and the overwhelmingly liberal New York City Council. They were afforded a platform and they used that platform to the detriment of the eight and a half million residents that reside in the city of New York. Of course it doesn't work. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. So when you look at the quantitative statistics over the eight year period of the de Blasio administration, there was a progressive uptick. Look at like now, this month, I think we're, we're up by astronomical numbers and I don't wanna blame Eric Adams because this is a byproduct of the de Blasio's de Blasio administration's debacle, and we ultimately see the numbers that came to fruition at these peaks. I just think that we um, we really need to drill down. I want to see impact. Like there's 30 precincts in the city that have the greatest amount of crime. I want to see these rookies that are going into these impact zones. I want to see people getting locked up for like. Although weed is legal, a lot of people don't realize this. Weed is legal if it's smoked in your house. But if it's smoked in the street, it right. is not illegal. It's the same. The same holds true with with an open container. If somebody's drinking a a, a, a a can of beer in the street, it's the equivalent of smoking pot in the middle of the street. Every time I go into certain neighborhoods, I smell so much weed. I think that it's oxygen because you smell it so much in these neighborhoods. 100%. I think that we need to drill down and uphold the rule of law. The rule of law has gone on the back burner, and that's why this thing has got us to a place where we're reflective of places like um, San Francisco, where you have the majority of the population that lives in the street and not in housing. You know, Darren, I was on Banfield last night, and the topic was uh, pedophilia. Ashley Banfield. Yes, the topic was. People going into I saw into the light show, man. I, I saw, but I saw the behind the scenes. But you're getting ready. <laughs> That's right. But they were talking about how people are going in I'm stores. Sorry, not to cut you off, Phil. But but Phil, the, the, they sent a full blown lighting crew to Bill's house. To That's make right. Sure they that send the van. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't playing any games. They sent yeah. the van. So, but anyway, what I'm yeah. saying is that there are people going into stores and with impunity, loading up bags and stealing them, and no one's stopping Hefty bags. But they're Nobody's putting these stores out of business, and and you know the say and in in Los Angeles, and you are, as the consumer have to pay for those losses. That's right. Yes. The prices go up, that's and right. because government is not prosecuting these crimes, outrageous. And I don't know if you saw the thing in Los Angeles, perps are jumping on trains, cargo trains with bolt cutters, cutting the locks open, and just fleecing the entire cars and dumping what they don't want on the tracks and taking what they want either for their own personal use 
or selling it. This this is a this is a government or a country that's going to go down if they allow this stuff to continue. Bill, I agree with you. It's just a matter of time before we just have bands of people that just hijack these FedEx trucks, these UPS trucks, and take all of the stuff in there, and then they sell it on Canal Street or other locations throughout the city. Well, we've seen and, it with the smash and grabs. We've seen it. Yeah, yeah. That that was whoa, man. That was something else, you know. And there was just again, a story. The Blasio administration. Yeah, there was the story I saw on the news where uh, there was some. Uh, I guess he was an A-list actor at one time, but he's not acting much anymore. And he was videotaping a guy. Michael uh, Rappaport. In that's the, it. Uh, you saw that, right? In yeah. New York on First Avenue. On, yeah. I think so so, so the guy, the guy like walked that. right past the security guard without impunity and just walked out. And, and then they up. had a follow-up. They showed people selling that stuff. I don't know where it was, maybe 100 and 25th street up in Harlem somewhere selling uh, the products that are being, you know, uh, shoplifted. They're selling it on the street, probably half the price or whatever. And nobody's enforcing that. I mean, you know, you, in order to pedal on the street, you need to have a license, you know, you can do enforcement. There, there's a million things that you could do that would prevent this type of stuff from happening. The tools are there. We all know it. Us three know it. Uh, Adams knows it. It's just a matter of implementing it. I just really hope and pray that what he's going to meet with Biden next week, something about uh, to stem the flow of guns coming into the uh, into the city. But I think that's just going to be another way that they're going to maybe put the reins on him a little bit. I hope not. And I think you made a good point, Darren, about uh, you can't blame what's going on in the first three weeks of his, his administration on him. It's obvious the past few years, the policies that are what's occurring now. I think you give him a year or two years down the line if Crime is one year, one year. Okay, one After year. one, one year. year in office, you own this shit. Right. Yeah. You're right. I, and You're I think right. we should see a reduction if they implement now. We will see a reduction in one year. If not, we're not going to see it. It's just going to be the same old story. You know, Darren, I know, Darren, I know you got to hit the road. I don't want to keep you here long. Uh, I know you got a very important date tomorrow. And uh, I just want to thank you so much. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting married tomorrow, so I'm cutting my I didn't balls want to, I, off I, 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 right? I didn't, I didn't want to no, give it up. No I didn't want thing. to give it up unless you were willing to. No, so bi no big thing. My balls officially go to the toilet tomorrow because uh. I'm getting married. <laughs> right. But on the eve of me getting married, it was important for me to come on with you guys because Greatly appreciate is a tremendous podcast. And, you know, I like I I'm I'm happy to be on with you guys, but I just look at when you had Lewis Animone on and he spoke to you know we need to up the the comstat to twice a week holding these police commanders accountable. I wholeheartedly agree. You guys had Joe Pistone on, you know Donnie Brasco, um, Major Sammy the Bull. You guys have had heavy hitters on this show, man. And I look back and a lot of times I you know I I I watch the tapes and you guys do a really good job because. What else, you guys are getting it from different angles. You're not just having a law enforcement piece here. Like, I'm, like when I when I saw Samity Bull on the show, I was like, "How did you guys get Samity Bull on?" Just out of curiosity, how did that work? <laughs> it was wow. someone that we uh, that we know knows him, and uh, he so he actually worked with him on uh, debriefings and stuff, and yeah. uh, and he, he owed him a favor, and that was the favor. You know? Actually, Sammy the Bull is on right now on ABC. There's a show going on as we speak. Uh, it's like a two-hour show. And the person that got him on for us is actually was interviewed for that show as well. Something about the last gangster or something like that. But uh, it's on right now, and I, I actually have it being taped. But uh, we can mention his name, Still, Tommy, uh, Tommy Tommy Dades. Tommy Dades, yeah. Who, who's a retired he, detective that actually debriefed Sammy on a lot of the stuff that, you know, uh, he had his shot at him when, uh, you know, after the FBI was uh, working with him and stuff like that. So Tom, Tommy's like an organized crime expert. He knew Sammy. He's in touch with Sammy. And uh, so he got him on the show with us. He, he, he wrote the book, Friends of the Family. He took down the mafia cops, him and a whole yeah. team. You know, but, but you guys, the, the one downside with that interview, you didn't ask the number one question. Sammy, what's the best Italian restaurant in the city? <laughs> you didn't ask that it's, question. It's, it's Louis, best veal in the city. <laughs> Try to veal it's the best in the city. That's right. Phil, what's the best Italian restaurant in the city of New York? Oh, you're talking Manhattan or anywhere in the city? In Manhattan. Well, just anywhere in the city. I'll tell you, like, I like... There's a lot uh, of well, good restaurants. All right, I want to know number one in your book. But, You've but been to Don Pep's? 
You ever been to Don Peps? I don't I'm going to tell you something right Nothing now. I was, to Don Peps. I was to Don Peps just recently, not long ago, within the last year. And I'm related to L&B Spumoni Gardens, and their clam sauce is way better than Don Peps. And Don Peps is known for that. There were some good things on the menu, but I don't think that they were – I think they were a little overrated now. They might have been good in their heyday, but they're overrated now. There's another place called Parkside. has a tremendous reputation. I didn't think it was super great. But um, – you're, so, so you're related to the you're, you're related to the people of Spumoni Gardens. Yes, sir? yes, yes. I'm, Didn't I'm, the owner get shot a couple of years yes, ago? Yes, the, the one of the one of the owners. To... Yes, one of the owners was killed about uh, 2016, about five years ago. Right, right. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. mean, they have really good sauce, but the Sicilians, the Sicilians well, that, are, the one, are the ones to go with there. That's what they're known don't for. Don't go with the Sicilian yeah, square. Yeah, don't go with the round. Go with the Sicilian. No, no, not in L&B, not in L&B. But Billy, you could attest to this. The food in the restaurant, because they have, they, they have like, they take a whole city I've been block. on both sides. Okay. I've been on both sides, yeah. You, you got to come and meet us some night, and we'll have my cousin Lenny cook for us, and You'll be this. All right. Are we, hold on. Hold on. Are we, are we, are we, oh, yeah. OTA. It's OTA. Don't worry about that. that. That's not even an issue. When my cousin Lenny, who watches Fox News, see you, he'll be glad to cook for you, and you're not going to get a check. Don't worry about that. You dodged the question. Um, you never gave me number one. You, okay. gave me a, you gave me that abstract answer. All right. Right off the bat, I know Il Molino in the city is like one of the top Italian restaurants. You know, There's I, I, I love Il Molino. Get the lobster, the two-pound lobster and the garlic sauce pasta out of the shell. Sounds amazing. Good. I've never had and the good. mushroom, the uh, the mushroom truffle sauce ravioli, amazing. And the uh, I want to say those are those are my two those are my two top dishes. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot okay. of good, there's a lot of good uh restaurants in the city. There's another great but restaurant. Phil, 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 you're giving me this abstract shit. Wait, man. wait, no, I'm gonna play I right need now. to lock you in. Okay, cool. <laughs> now there's there's several Cipriani's in the and, city. And Bill, Bill, you're up next. I think okay. Il Molino is better than Cipriani. Okay, but did you go to the one on West Broadway? Yes. The one on West Broadway has excellent, excellent food. I think they, when they you say were, West it's is it is it actually old Broadway I think it is No um, it's 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 right on it, West Broadway it's 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 next to the Holland Tunnel entrance correct not that far maybe three blocks I, I would say not next to it but it's not far from it it's not far from Right okay yeah. there, there, there's the a only couple of reason I say that is because it's right off of but I've been there before I've been there okay. Hey we're we're going to lose the chat they're all getting hungry and they're going to run they're going to run <laughs> to the refrigerator right now <laughs> You you caught me off guard with that one but those two places are really top notch There's a great Greek restaurant um, No 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 you're killing me here Oh, I right, forget that you, 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 Come on stay on topic man <laughs> If you were in Comstat and you were a boss you'd be and in they trouble asked you about robbery and you talked about, wow, well, you know, we got a bus issue over here. You get hammered. <laughs> no, but, you know, on a serious note, that was the question that you guys fucking missed. I said, look, John Gotti, Sammy the Bull, they're going to tell you where you're going to get good Italian food. John Gotti's <laughs> deceased, so he's not here. So you had Sammy the Bull. But I heard that Sammy the Bull used to go to um, – I just can't believe I, 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 I just lost my train of thought. The Don Peps. Yeah, I heard that was I, a I place that he's gone to. And I a duty Ron, who who's actually listening, I took him to Don Peps. I broke him in. A black guy is breaking <laughs> in. <the Italian. laughs> All right. Besides so, the clam sauce, what'd you like in Don Peps? I don't. I don't eat clam sauce. I get okay. the um the the chicken Don Pep. The Excellent. best chicken parm in the city is there because right. it's thin. It, it, it's super tender. Um, also. The uh the, that the the um, chicken non pep the the chicken parm and I also was supposed to be very good. I've had it. It was pretty good. The what steak pizzaiole? See, I never had, see. I don't eat red meat, so I never had okay. that. But okay. I've been with other people that like the red meat. You know, there's also like the a bowl. shrimp a shrimp Lorraine. Maybe it's like a shrimp with macaroni and a pink sauce was very good. That was probably better than the clam sauce to me. Because they're known for their their clam sauce. That's what they're known. You're thinking about um, the shrimp. Fuck, I can't I forget the name of it. It's it's in like a pink sauce. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing, shrimp, right, right. Shrimp Lorraine or something Shit. like that. Or no, no, damn, I I can't believe I fucking forgot the name of it. And I yeah, ordered the stuff. That's really time. good. You know, fifty five, man. I'm speed limit, so you know, I'm, you yeah. start to lose your hearing uh, <laughs> once you once you're quick fifty, right? 
All right, guys. It was a it was a real pleasure. Darren, um, love you, brother. You know you thank you, love thank you, you so too, much. Man. Thank and you so much, and great to meet you, Darren. And All great right, luck, great here. luck with your marriage. <laughs> yes, yeah, congrats. Well, you know, congrats. Nowadays, a successful marriage is three years, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been married right, thirty three years. Happy yeah, wife, okay. happy life. Take care, buddy. All right, cool. Take care, Darren. guys. Take it easy. All right, bye cool. now. Okay. All right, bye now. Phil, we're going to go right to the Joe Murray commercial. Segue right into this. Okay. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. I thought we were going into a coppers in the kitchen episode. Wow. Yeah, almost. And, and, you know, Joe Murray has his own podcast. Uh, I'll give him a little plug called Allegedly sure. Guilty with it, with his uh, girl, Angie. And uh, they're just starting out. They're doing very well. And, uh, you know, folks, I just want to get back to one of the reasons that yeah. we're here tonight, of course, is the, uh, the death of these two police officers, uh, Jason Rivera and uh, police officer Moore, both from the 3-2. Uh, it's just, you know, I want to share a little bit onto the screen of some of the stuff that the, um, that we've seen, cause it's so touching to watch some of this stuff and I'll, I'll play a little bit of it now on the screen. Um, two years old. His NYPD family carefully carried his flag-draped casket from a funeral home in Inwood, where he grew up. A somber start to a moving procession made up of his brothers and sisters in blue. A motorcade moved slowly to St. Patrick's Cathedral, where those who knew and loved Rivera, even strangers, came here to honor the officer. I felt so bad and so sad, so young. So young and you just started. Just wanted to show my support for the police department. The viewing follows a vigil Wednesday night outside a precinct forever changed. Hundreds stood in the bitter cold to honor their fallen brothers, sharing tears and stories about Rivera and Officer Wilbert Mora. Our two heroes, our two angels, uh -huh. and Wilbert and Jason. These men carried themselves with pride. And tomorrow, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you that night. When I met Jason, he felt like a brother to me. The two officers who took an oath to protect and serve were doing just that when they were ambushed while responding to a domestic dispute Friday night. Both these officers, uh, we sit under the tree of public safety because they watered that tree with their blood. We should never forget that. Rivera joined the police academy in November 2020 to, in his words, better the relationship between police and the community. When he was a little boy, he said, I want to take care of the people. That's why he wants to be a police. That's what he was doing until his last breath. He leaves behind a widow, his high school sweetheart, who wrote on social media, my soulmate, best friend, and lover from now until the end of time. Support for the family stretches far and wide as many gather to say their final farewells to a fallen hero. The wake will begin in about an hour and be held until 8 o'clock tonight. It's open to the public, followed by a funeral tomorrow for Officer Rivera, where family and friends will say their final farewells. We're live outside. You know, folks, just so you know, the uh, the wake is going on right now, and the funeral is at 9 a.m. tomorrow, which you can also watch it at home. You could stream it on CBS uh, TV. is streaming it, and uh, so you, you, don't, you can watch it. I'm sure it's going to be... Very well attended, and even uh, Patty Lynch had requested that members of the public please attend. You know, to to just uh, to just give the support to the police that the police really need. The lunacy that we've seen in this country in the last two years, uh, starting with some of the the huge events that we know, uh, uh, you know, the the show of an incident with uh, George Floyd, uh, even going back further uh, to to. Um, the, the the gentle giant what was his name uh, oh, uh, uh Michael Brown Michael Brown incident going back years even though Eric Garner the, the cop was 100% justified and and the attorney general ruled that and is still 
it became, you know, defund the police, hate the police. That's where it all it started. Well, it started much before that, but it really picked up speed, right? The Pantaleo incident with Eric Garner. All of these things contributed to the, the war on police that we've seen in the last few years. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I know I've been critical of, of the policies, but I am rooting 100% for Eric Adams because I am rooting for New York City. I want New York City to be safe. We all like to go into New York City. Well, families go into New York City. Our families that live in New York City. I want New York City to be safe. So I'm rooting for him. I'm not rooting for these progressive politicians. I can't believe the governor is saying like no to bail reform. Are you crazy? I mean, it's it's just it's lunacy. Complete lunacy, Billy. Um, I want to echo your words about Adams. I am definitely rooting for him. I love New York City. Uh, I'm third generation. Uh, my grandfather came and my grandmother came. Uh, they all came from Italy in uh, around 1918. Uh, my grandfathers on both sides were in World War I. Uh, my father was in World War II and he was a Marine. And I served in the NYPD. So the point I'm trying to make is I love this city. Bill, you love this city. We want it to be where we could go out and go to those restaurants that Darren was just talking about and not have to look over your shoulder, move freely about the city and have a good time and enjoy the greatest city in the world. And right now you just can't do that. And I want to make one other point. I think Patty Lynch is asking for people to the citizens, not so much the police, the citizens of the of the city of New York to come to that funeral for a reason. The reason is this. It's heartbreak. When you see the children or the or, or the mother or the wife of a police officer that's been slain and you see the hurt and the pain on their face, it brings you to tears. Now, I just watched a vigil last night that was in front of the three two. I became choked up. And every time I see those young officers face, it really kills me. I've had conversations with people on both sides of the law and they everyone feels the same. Everyone feels terrible about it. It's really making an impact. Um, I guess everybody is just fed up. Uh, if you could make it out there tomorrow, just pay respect to that officer. He's a fallen brother in blue. Uh, we have another one that's going to take place early next week. I think it's going to be Wednesday at St. Patrick's as well. If you can't make tomorrow, try and make next week just to see, to experience what pain that family is going to be going through and maybe to give a salute to those fallen heroes, police officer Jason Rivera and police officer Wil Wilbert Mora. And we also have to recognize police officer Summit Sulan, who was a hero and saved the day and, and stopped the animal dead in his tracks that took the lives of those two hero police officers. I want to play a little bit of this. Uh, this was from uh, the other Earlier night today, in front of the three two precinct. Officer Moore's body to an Inwood funeral home. An NYPD police boat sprayed water as it traveled alongside the ambulance. CBS 2's Corey James has the latest now from tonight's vigil. And tonight's vigil had one of the largest turnouts we've seen in recent days, where hundreds of people sit in front of the three two precinct. Among those there were officers firefighters and neighbors, all of them listening to stories from those in the community impacted by the tragedy. And some of the stories came from the men and women in blue who knew both officers, Jason Rivera and Wilbert Moore. Our two heroes, our two angels, uh -huh. and Wilbert and Jason. These men carried themselves with pride and they loved what they were doing. And I want everybody to remember their smiles, their personalities, their beautiful souls. And earlier in the day, a procession for Officer Mora took place. Chopper 2 flying overhead as salutes, tributes, and tears were shared for the 27-year-old who was tragically killed after last Friday's brazen attack. And perhaps one of the most touching moments was when Mora's motorcade passed within a block of the home of his fallen partner, Rivera. And a number of other officers also spoke this evening. We're putting together that part of the story for you, and we'll have it for you at 11. In Harlem, Corey James, CBS 2 News. And JetBlue is offering free flights to relatives of officers Rivera and Mora to attend their funerals. The airline will also fly law enforcement officers who wish to pay their respects for free. JetBlue said it's honored to support public professionals in its hometown of New York. That's unbelievable with uh, JetBlue uh, doing that. Good and, company. you know, it's funny. JetBlue has never wavered because in the, the hate the police era, you know, they can be canceled by these, psycho these psychotic people that are out there, these woke morons, you know, and uh, JetBlue hasn't wavered. They're still backing the police, even through all 
the, you know, they defund the police movement, this woke nonsense, the progressive nonsense. And JetBlue, as I said, thank you, JetBlue, yes. all you do for police throughout this country. Amazing, amazing that you're still doing that. Folks, this is um, Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. This has probably got to be our fourth or fifth show in regards to this topic. And I just feel like a duty to do it. And uh, and I'm honored, and so is Phil, to be the voice, even for a little bit of time, to be the voice of law enforcement, to, to, to st- talk to you guys. And even I've had some people reach out to me, retired detectives, retired cops, and just say, thank you guys, because we need a place where we can go and commiserate with other cops and, you know, also to mourn. To with other cops, and they, they, you know, they're not on the job anymore, so they, yet you don't have that exact camaraderie. So I, I want to thank people that have reached out to us and thanked us for doing this because we were very touched by it. Billy, I have to say that uh, I don't know, maybe we've done a couple of hundred shows together, but when you sent me one of the emails that you're talking about, where I believe it was a captain was thanking us for doing the show that we're doing and giving cops a place to maybe listen and. Uh, sort of have like a little bit of a, a rap session. I mean, sometimes people are in the chat, but maybe just to hear things and know that there's other people thinking like them and having a place to vent. Uh, that was worth every bit of it for me. That one email that you sent me, uh, it, it made up for whatever the amount of shows that we did that I, I know uh, they weren't done in vain and that there's people listening and people appreciate us. And we know we have our subscribers. They're always reaching out to us and, you know, we chat back and forth with them, but it's really rewarding when, you know, people that are from the same cut from the same cloth and did the same thing that we did are giving us that thumbs up, so to speak. And, and that really meant a lot to me. And, and I just want to say thank you to all the first responders. Uh, if you watch those videos, uh, the vigils, you see firemen, you see EMS, not only police officers, there's agencies from around the state that are coming and bringing food to the 3-2. Thank you so much to all of the first responders, including the NYFD and including EMS and all those other agencies around the state and, and the neighboring uh, states that are, that are showing us support. Thank you so much. And believe me, it's noticed and it's greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Joe Murray, thank you, brother. Uh, he said, uh, you make us all proud, Bill and Phil. Thank you. It's uh, appreciated. And uh, just to um, the person that sent us that email, he's retired NYPD Captain Andrew uh, DeStefano. I just wanted to uh, give him a shout out. He's been very supportive of uh, Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories with Phil and I. And, um, you know, so many people reach out to us and, and, you know, uh, sometimes it's tough to keep up with it and they just thank us for what we do. And it's, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, some of these shows don't get thousands and thousands of views like, you know, uh, Summer Wells or Gabby Petito, but these are important shows, these shows. And, and, and sometimes I call some of the shows give back shows. And, and if that's what this is, I feel blessed to be able to do this. I feel privileged to be able to do this. And um, Dawn Marie, I think you're putting something on the screen. Donate to the police families. This is the site. Um, Fund the First campaign. Uh, That is the safest site to go on to donate to the police families. It's run by an active NYPD detective. His name is Robert Garland. There's a lot of these scam... um, Vet Girl RWB, thank you so much for, for the $49.99 super chat. God bless you. Uh, thank thank you. you. We really appreciate appreciate that. Thank Keeping, you. Keeping so uh, supporting police off the cuff. Guys, but it is so important to, you know, we we've all uh we all donated to uh the 3-2 precinct. Uh there's a fund to feed those guys. Because after the cameras go away, after these funerals are go uh, are over. Those cops have to go back to work unheralded, no cameras around, no press around, no one clapping, no one loving them except their own families. And Captain DeStefano even said to me, he goes, you know, they got to be aware of the guys in the 3-2. You notice a guy drinking too much. You notice a guy not paying attention to his job. You notice someone that has that thousand-yard stare. You got to help them. You got to realize that as a commanding officer, as bosses, Sergeants, lieutenants, captains, you got to know your people and you got to support them after the cameras go away. 
after all of the notoriety of, of the horror that ha- just happened in their precinct, you got to support the guys that, that work in the 3-2 precinct because they're going to be there for years to come. Yeah, you know, during the vigil last night, I mean, some of uh, Officer Rivera and Officer Mora's uh, colleagues, uh, they were in tears, these young kids, and uh, they were like second-guessing themselves. I wish I could have helped you and stuff like that. It's really heartbreaking. So if we show support, now us being members of law enforcement will definitely show support, but the people that are out there, the civilians, just show support. If you see a police officer and if you're up in that area, just thank them. Say thank you for your service. People have done that to me. I can't tell you how I, I actually got choked up one day. I, not long ago, I was in Lowe's and, and I was trying to do something on, on the uh, on the self-checkout. And the girl asked me if I was uh, in law enforcement. I said, yes, I'm retired. And and the first thing she said was, and she was a young kid, thank you for your service. It almost brought me to tears that a young kid, a 20-something-year-old college kid, is thanking me for my service. And here I am retired now quite a number of years. And uh, it just means a lot. So those kids, they're going through a tough time. These young officers gave their lives. And their one officer, I think it was one of the uh, closest friends of uh, Officer uh, Rivera, he said, when I saw you laying on the floor and I couldn't save you, I mean, think about that. He saw his close friend laying dead on the floor or severely injured. Uh, that's going to be with him the rest of his life. So if somebody tips a hat to that kid and says, thank you for your service, it's going to mean a lot and it's going to be helpful. And uh, it might be the difference between somebody spiraling out of control and getting into a dark place and not knowing that maybe at least, you know, there's people out there, there's good people that thank us for what we do. And it's important. You know, I just want to, before we end this show, I just want to put the, the picture of this uh, hero officer on the screen. His name is uh, Summit Sulan, and he's the one True that shot and, he shot and killed the perp. And I use that word perp with great pride because that's what the guy is. He's a perp. And that's what we called criminals when I was on the job. And now they try to take that uh, word away. Now they're kinder and gentler. Well, I don't know what they call them now. Are they calling them clients now? I don't know. You know whatever, whatever they're calling them. We know what they are, Billy. On the screen is uh, police officer Summit Sulan, and you want to hear something? This picture was from like two weeks ago, where he made a gun collar. Right. So it's like he didn't just start being a hero that day. He's been a hero. Uh, he's been a hero before that. You know and- that gun could have taken some innocent person's life. Had he not taken it off the street, let's think about that for a minute. Other victims might have been at the hands of that gun that he took off. So you're right, Billy. He was a hero before he was even a hero in this incident. Uh, you know, Phil, we're at the hour point. Uh, I just, you know, I almost feel, um, I feel exhausted by a little bit. You know, not, I'm not, you know, physically exhausted, mentally exhausted by doing these shows. They take, they do take a lot out of you. And I mean, I'm proud to do them. I'm happy to do them, but it does, um, it does take its toll and I'm sure you feel it too. Absolutely. Billy. It's, it's a little emotional, uh, having to lose two brothers in blue. Uh, anytime an officer is, uh, hurt or, or, or killed in the line of duty. I mean, we see them every day throughout the country. There were three officers shot in Houston today. I don't know the condition that, uh, that they are, uh, you know, how, how badly they were hurt, but there was definitely three officers involved in some type of uh, shooting and were hurt. So let's keep our hearts open and prayers for those officers, all the brothers and sisters, in law enforcement in blue and first responders everywhere across the country. Cause they do a service for the people. Uh, th- those are people of service and uh, we need to thank them and recognize them uh, and just uh, keep everybody in, in everybody that's, uh, you know, related to these two officers, families in their in, in your prayers. And Billy, I just want to say thank you very much for letting me be a part of this and co-hosting. And uh, as soon as this happened, we got together on the phone and we said, we got to get on and we got to do a show and we've done several. And then when police officer Moore tragically passed, uh, we just, you know, we stop what we're doing and we get on and the reward for me. And I'm sure the same for you is that email you got from that captain saying, thank you. Uh, Like you said, it was a show that didn't maybe get thousands and thousands of views like some of the other shows have gotten, but it was something that needed to be done. And if we can't reach out to our own brothers and sisters, 
then who can we reach out to, you know? And I, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, shortchange the subscribers, all the people that listen to us. I really appreciate you guys. And, and the thumbs up is there, but, uh, this is, uh, one of the shows that, uh, this is coming from our hearts and we're trying to help anybody that's, uh, you know, that's been the, in the trenches, so to speak, and, uh, get through this horrible time, especially in New York city. Uh, definitely. It's, uh, Joanne, uh, my sister, thank you for the $5 super chat. My sister is Newark PD. Always praying for our heroes in blue and their families. Thank you both for this. Thank you, Joanne. It's uh, thank very you. touching. Thank you. And I, you know, I want to thank all you guys uh, in the police off the cuff family. Without Absolutely. you guys, you know, we wouldn't be here. All the folks with the green font that are on part of our uh, our YouTube family, Maui Swift, great to always great to see you. The Pranzos, of course, our biggest two fans we have. Good people, uh, those Great, great people. And Lieutenant Pete, uh, a, a legend, a 3 2 legend of all places, right? Um, uh, vet girl, law enforcement is our first defense against violence here at home. Why would anyone ever question funding or support? The military funding or support is never questioned. That's 100% vet girl RWB. Thank you so much for your support, also. Phil, Phil, I, I basically, I think I've, I've run out of things to say. You got any last words? Uh, last words, just real quick. Um, I know that we had Sammy the Bull Gravano on recently, and he was the one that, even though he is what he is, he was a, obviously a killer. He was in an organized crime mafia. But he said, if I have an emergency and I pick up the phone, uh, I, I call 911. I want the police to, to respond. I had a conversation with uh, Jimmy Calandra of the Bad Avenue crew that has a podcast. We're going to be doing something with him. And when I spoke to him yesterday, the first thing he said to me, this is a guy that was on the other side of the law. He said, I offer you my condolences on the loss of your two brothers. And I'm just trying to make a point that it's coming from people that were on the other side of the law. Even they agree that there's a need for law and order. And these police officers go to work every day. They put their life on the line and we accept it. But uh, now we need the help of the city. We need the help of the politicians. We need the help of the police commissioner and we need the help of the mayor to help bring down crime and uh, just keep officers Rivera, Mora and that hero officer Sulan in your prayers. And tomorrow uh, officer Rivera will be laid to rest. You know, everyone uh, listening, everyone that supports, supports police off the cuff. Thank you so much for listening. God bless all you guys and uh, have a safe night. God bless and stay safe, everybody.